uh, Rook, take down this number. Um, we're on the council. Kill the mics, Chris. Kill the mics. I will not be silenced. Chris can't hear us. Chris, kill the mics. What? Kill the, can you kill the mics? I want to give Rook a phone number. Oh, I'm sorry. Hi, John. Hi. So, Ravi, huh? Okay. Yeah. Our angle can be how? How does this? How can this possibly happen in the middle of a sustainable urban core? Someone can go completely. You think people get off the grid? This guy was off the. He had three computers and didn't know how to use them. All the lonely people. Where do they all come from? I'm doing well. How are you? Tell her she's coming on. I'm not. Oh, thank you very much. I, I, Joe, here's that. I'm, he's sitting across from me. Don't just get her on the air. <laughs> well, this conversation has gone from me politely asking you to Joe demanding that you come on the air with us at twelve thirty and talk about your um, uh, column today. She is a twelve thirty staff meeting at the Pioneer Press. There, there is no, no such. There is no such thing. Can we do it right away? Then we'll do it right away. We'll do it right away. Tell her twelve oh five. It's a it's a picnic area at Harriet Island. That's what it's come to. There is no such thing. There's no staff. <laughs> you weren't invited. Can you do it at twelve oh five? Oh, the lonely. You sound. A- Yeah, you're fine. I think you, that sounds good. We'll put you on at 12 if you want. Who did that song, John? Um, that would be Beatles. the Beatles, uh, Kenny. That would be a group called the Beatles. Never? Oh, well, just, maybe. I, was that Ringo's band? Yeah, that was Ringo's band. You know, fell off the grid. And I know the Beatles. That was not a, that was not a Ringo tell her, song. Tell her it'll be fun. Song. Don't worry about it. It'll be fun. Don't worry about it. Um, you want to talk to the brother? Who is just her? Just you. Who is the comedian we both love? That was a friend of Kennison that died early. Bill Bill Hicks. When you're ready. Bill Hicks. Have you heard his bit about? Musicians doing drugs and they let Ringo sing in Yellow Submarine. Yeah, that's yeah, a great bit. How, great high, bit. how high were they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then he, he's using the microphone stand like it's a broom, yeah. trying to get him off the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1230, okay. Can I have my ads? Nope. It sounds like a plan. All right. Okay, thanks. You bet. Appreciate it. Bye. <clears throat> Why did she talk so much? I don't know. She was a talker. She was a talker. Well, what time are we going to have her? 12.30, as originally planned. She said, I'll make it work. Rook, write the number on this piece of paper. 651. <laughs> 218. Brad Aqua. 612. 320. 
John, when you say 701, aren't you supposed to say the 701? The 701. Sorry. The 701. Frat, Aqua, <laughs> Eco, Mueller. Are you on the 701? I guess <laughs> I'll never see the town of Linnae and Linnae or whatever the hell it's called. Joe? Yeah. Did you see the editorial counterpoint op-ed, <laughs> Twin Cities, Better Off Without 94? Yes. Did you see the author's name? Yes. Yeah, okay. I know. Are you, He's that, diversity, though. That, that's got to get a mention, at least. Well, Do, look at it. Well, well, I, don't, I haven't even read the piece yet. I just saw her name, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This, this ought to be good. That's the first thing I noticed, too, <laughs> well, Kitty. Oh, I always have to see who wrote it. That, that determines whether or not I'm going to be mad. Elizabeth Wrigley Field. Wrigley yes. Field. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. The gift that just keeps that's, on giving. That's a very hot item, too, on their website. It's like the number three most read thing. Probably people going, oh, my God, that's stupid. Oh, man, I got all these town dog stories. I got a lot of stuff. Oh, that's stuff. We didn't get to the schools and telephones. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Miss Wrigley Field wants to do away with 94, is that correct? That's right, because she doesn't like breathing that. That's right, Joe. That's right, Ken. That's right, Kenny. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores. Everything off out there, Rook? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, uh, Mary, uh... I mean, Elizabeth Wrigley Field is a professor. Yes, so she is. We've got that going for us. She's a staunch member of the failed academy. Uh, here we go. Randalone. Here we are. Chris, I have what? Scooney? Oh, he's not listening. Yep, I am now. Uh, Scoon and Seafoam today, sir. I don't. I think we knocked, we uh, knocked it. You know what? You actually could, could combine both of them since he talked about bugs. Why because, don't? Uh, <laughs> no, I, that's okay. Why oh, you called me. Put in for how about? Stuff. You tell me what break that's going to be, and I'll come out and just briefly mention sea yeah. foam, and we'll call it done. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. Um. Because, sure. yeah, that, that was really cool of Mike. Completely unprompted, too. But that's how he is. Yeah, I he's mean, awesome. He knows, how to, he knows how to do it. <clears throat> Corey and my brother, who had his daughter's car fixed there, he, uh, he is finding the uh, advertising on GL to be beneficial. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we've had those conversations. Everything's working out. Mm-hmm. 
Because Moeller used to say, if you said, how do you know advertising works? Moeller's answer was, you don't. Mm. Schoonover's answer is, you do. Spencer Grunhofer's answer is, you do. And the great thing about GLers is they're more than willing to um, tell the person that, hey, I'm a GLer, I heard this on Such's show. You know, even if they're not asked. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad I got an eco fund today because I got a follow up email from somebody who bought two bikes there, and is has nothing but interesting things to say about the place because they returned. Uh, yeah, sure, it works out fine. That's good, Kenny. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Kenny. That's right, Kenny. That's right, Kenny. <laughs> John, I think Robbie Robertson was pretty good. I think, uh, yeah, we can talk about it when I do the news, but yeah. uh, I, you could make the argument that the band was, you know, as important as pretty much most bands ever. Ever. You could for the great American songbook type angle, you know. Well, uh, I think the Americana field pretty much owes its yep. entire, you know, being. <clears throat> To the band and a couple good lord he makes me wish i was from the south with that dixie down so yeah well did, did they write that canada Canadian? pretty much kenny <laughs> what I'm they're sorry. all from canada well except um, levon levon levon's from arkansas did they write that song robbie wrote that song. robbie wrote it yeah the wait are you talking about no yeah. oh i thought you were talking about the, the the night they drove, they drove old dixie, dixie down. down yeah the wait's a different and song <laughs> The what town was, does he roll uh, into in the wait? What? Uh, yeah. Pulled into Nazareth. 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 You, know, you know what Nazareth he's talking about? Half past Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Yeah. He had a guitar. Are you yeah. I'm just a guess. Seriously. Wow. The guitar had Nazareth in it, and that's how he wrote the song. I, I feel okay. we should listen to that song right now. <laughs> I feel we should do the show. Well, you go ahead and do the show. I'm going to listen to the listen. <laughs> hey, You take your hat off while you listen you to it. You can take your show and go uh, bark at the moon, Ozzy. <laughs> oh, oh, boy. Hey. Just a hell of a staff, uh, isn't it? Roll. Ah, good, Kenny. Good. <laughs> For Eloni's Hardware and Garden Stores, God Only Knows Why, brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1130, August 10th. 2023, as I mentioned yesterday, in the midst of a 1947 warm spell, it was 101 degrees on this day in 1947, and 46 degrees was the low on this day in 1946. The swimming season is uh, got a lot of time left. There's still time to get a hold of Aquaside, get the products to keep your swimming beach free of weeds and unwanted vegetation the kids will be happier you'll be happier plus you'll be able to see them you you know you won't they won't be hiding behind weeds and stuff you'll right. be able to see them so take your cell phone down to the lake or your swimming hole and give aquaside a call the products are made in white bear they work quickly they're safe and they're easy to use uh, call aquaside and tell them what you think the problem is and they'll help you 1 800 328 9350 or go to aquaside.com and now from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of spoon lake it's garage logic with chris reavers manning technology corner kenny olson from the crabby coffee shop john Hyde in the newsroom and of course the rookie 
Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. I have an Eisenhower quote. Well, I did. Good old Ike. Before we begin, I want a timeless message from Ike, who said this on March 6, 1956. On this day. See if you can apply it to uh, today's world. If a political party does not have its foundation in the determination to advance a cause that is right and moral, then it is not a political party. It is merely a conspiracy to seize power. Woo! Mm-hmm. Let me repeat it. Are you plugging that into 2023? Well, I think I can plug it into the entire political situation today on both parties. Yes. Yeah, globally. If a political party does not have its foundation in the determination to advance a cause that is right and that is moral, then it is not a political party. It is merely a conspiracy to seize power. Wow. You know, there was more. I I have to read more about Dwight D. Eisenhower. There was more to him than, than I... A lot going on there. ...than I know. He He forecasted a lot of what's happening now. I think he was the inventor of the whole idea of the military-industrial complex. Yeah, he gave that yeah, CIA, all of that. Um, but couldn't either party apply that to the other party at this point? Which is the, the which which is why I said I could apply this to both parties. Oh, you said that. I'm yeah. sorry, I was yeah. so busy. Well, what Dwight is saying is listening to the, the way. Party? The Where's other the party? People. Right. Say I've advised all GLers. And I'll tell you now, to do yourself a favor and read Mary Devine's piece on the front page of today's Pioneer Press. She uh, did some excellent reporting. She saw an obit in the Sunday Pioneer Press just this past Sunday of a fellow named Brian Eldridge, 76, who died. And the obit was provided by uh, Brian's very candid brother, who I believe was the only other surviving family member in that family. And basically, uh, the brother who provided the obit said, uh, "He, I wish I had done more, but this guy spent his entire life alone. Well, he not only spent his entire life alone, but the story uh, is a cut above these kinds of stories. The, these kinds of stories make newspapers. Uh, Mary Devine happens to be a very good reporter. And so this, this is a, a cut above all that. He not only died alone, he was so thoroughly off the grid, either intentionally or unintentionally, that he had no friends, no neighbors, no employer, no loved ones, no nothing. Nothing. No one knew him. No one knew he died. I'm reading it right now. I'm he was thought to have been dead for at least four days. His brother did call him from Oregon a couple of times, and when he finally didn't get an answer, he called the police, and they did the check, and there he was. He was a Central High School graduate, 1965. And... We'll leave it at that. Mary's going to join us on today's show. I I, I want to talk to her because this fellow uh, redefines being off the grid. 
Yeah. And, and mental illness uh, is not necessarily the full weight of this story. And if it is, what I would not want to talk to Mary about is, did he become mentally ill as a result of his life, or was he born mentally ill? Maybe I'm on the wrong track. But my <laughs> point is, he was a functioning human being, and he had jobs. He just didn't have a life. Well, a life as you define it or I define it. Right, well, right. It's was, really sad. I've got a lump <clears throat> in my throat reading this. Was he like the uh, hero of the Krabby Coffee Shop, the great Russian lady who felt every day on Earth was a punishment from God? I mean, was he upset with his life? Well, no. we're asking questions that only Mary could probably answer. Well, and I can already answer your question. He would not be analogous to the old woman in Russia because the old woman in Russia spoke out and vocal. ended yeah. up in the newspaper. Um, did you say 65? 76. No, he... he 1965 he, graduate of Central High School. Oh, he graduated. Because in the winter of 65, if I remember right, we were, we were hungry, <laughs> just barely alive. He called himself a collector, and they, she lists a whole bunch of items here, and cans of Billy Beer. Mm -hmm. He collected cans of Billy Beer. What a funny thing to collect. I wonder what they're worth now. Probably a lot, because there probably aren't many out there. Yeah, I bet they're not worth no. that much. I bet they're not worth that much. I have a good point, or I don't. Emailers have a, GLers have a great point on the thefts of these Hyundais and uh, uh, Kia automobiles. Okay. Because mm -hmm. we learned yesterday that they're not even in the top 10 of most stolen cars. But where you get closer to the country's tallest buildings, they appear to be the majority of stolen cars. And a couple of emailers have a great point. Why did the creator of the TikTok video that explicitly instructs you how to steal a Hyundai and Kia, why is that person not responsible for that TikTok video? Great question. What does that right. fall under, the First Amendment? Uh, that's exactly well, where I was going. Yeah, yeah. 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 And talk of banning that frightens me. Well, then, e even though I hate it, <laughs> you know. Well, what I then, mean? why not videos on how to properly rob a bank? They they exist. They, yeah, they probably do. Say huh? They probably do. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I think there's shows on on the Vice Channel really yeah. that cover that. Yeah, if I remember right. And there's videos and shows how to build bombs. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, what what was the old book we were so afraid of in the 70s, the anarchist uh, cookbook? Yeah, cook Is that book. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Scott Mature in Montana. It's not that they are stolen the most. It's because of a viral TikTok video showing how easy they are to steal. All right. And then uh, who is this? This is, say, this is someone who said, don't use my name. I was listening to yesterday's podcast regarding the stolen cars and wanted to share what I witnessed Monday morning. At 7.55 a.m., I was pulling into the employee parking lot outside the clinic I work at in St. Louis Park. As I got out, I noticed a car full of black teens in the next row over. I believe that identifying them as black teens, is, I'm, this is me now, I believe that identifying them as black teens is germane to this email, so that's why I mentioned it. Mm. I was walking towards my building, and a young male got out of the car. He walked over to a parked white Kia. At this point, I was across the street watching him. 
He stood there for several seconds. I was asking myself, is this kid going to steal this car? Really? It's a Monday morning. It's light out. People are arriving at work. I heard the glass smash. He crawled into the back seat, and probably within 15 seconds, he was driving off following the others. It was surreal. The entire event probably took three minutes. Apparently, there were three other stolen vehicles that morning within a block or two. Unfortunately, the stolen car belonged to one of my co-workers. It was the first day in months that she didn't have her steering wheel lock on. Her heavily damaged vehicle was recovered 24 hours later in northeast Minneapolis. Hmm. Did he have an obligation there, Such? It's a she. Oh, oh, she? It does make you wonder, uh, unnamed person who you don't want me to name, why didn't you get out your cell phone and hit 911? Uh, Reavers, were you listening to the whole thing? I was. What would you Uh, have done? Probably called. You wouldn't have walked over there? No, I have not. If there's a group of them, no. you're outnumbered, and it's right. it's always uh, what's the situation, right? And and that in that specific case, no, I would have probably made a call, but I would not have approached. Because here's well, the somebody's thing: got, somebody's got to approach. No kidding, we we, we got to stop this BS. I get, I get that, and I I'm with you, Kenny. But the problem is, there is no fear with groups like that in 2023. I mean, honestly, they have no regard for anybody they else. Don't have, they don't have a mortgage and two kids and a wife. Correct. And a town ball game. To and they right. don't care that you do. No, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Uh, God, I just hate the passive standby, though, and watch it happen um, attitude. I, get, I, yep. I understand. I'm with you. I'm with you completely. But it's just, it's just a different world now. It just goes against everything that I'm made of. You know, there's a new study out now, research. Coffee's good for you. The uh, <laughs> the days of the affordable used car are over. Oh, my word. Oh. Used cars now cost, are you ready? 47.7% more than they did in 2019. Oof. You want to buy a Volkswagen? Yeah, you got a hell of a deal on that. <laughs> a recent study from something called IC Cars shows the average used car is forty-seven point seven. I'm gonna just let me call it forty-eight percent. Do that. Forty-eight percent more expensive than it was before the pandemic. For example, researchers said back in 2019, a used Honda Civic was selling for an average of sixteen thousand five hundred and seventy-seven dollars. In 2023, researchers said the same used Honda Civic is now selling for twenty-four thousand three hundred one dollars. Wow! But the number that really got us, according to the study, was the mileage on these cars. You're getting an average 20% more mileage on these cars, so you're paying more for cars that are further used up, IC Cars executive analyst Carl Brower said. Car analysts said these higher prices are hitting buyers on the lower end of the market, especially hard. According to the study, in 2019, nearly half of all used cars were less than 20 grand. Now, only 12% of used cars are selling for less than twenty grand, and the number is even lower in the Twin Cities, with 9% of cars, uh, used cars selling at that price point. The $100 winter beater went from $100 up to 1000 and then COVID hit, and now it's 5000 You know, when I was beater. a younger curmudgeon, I distinctly remember ads 
uh, from the dealers up and uh, back then there were dealers up and down University Avenue, for example, Midway Chevrolet, right. where they said fishing cars on yeah. sale. They yeah, called the them fishing cars. What is that? Uh, that's uh, back there over in the economy lot. And they would put uh, those in the back, back of the there. lot. You could go yep. buy a, a bargain f- lot. Ford station wagon, Okay. Yep. and it ran, and they called it a fishing car because they assumed you were going to buy it and just take it fishing and throw your fish back there. Okay. Uh, she's a country squire. She's got the wood paneling yeah. and the reverse facing <laughs> yeah. seat. That smells a little like minnows in there, but that, yeah. open the window. Oh. It'll be fine. Well, those cars don't exist anymore. No, no. Now, I'm keenly interested in this. Why don't they? Well, maybe it's a different description because like Kenny was saying, we have the baseball ride. <laughs> Because she won't allow any of our crap to go in in, in her vehicle. Right, or the hockey car. Or the hockey you know, car, oh, right, exactly. You know, that's right. That's right baby. Smells like gear. <laughs> well, or go back to what Kenny said earlier. Uh, and I owned a number of them winter beaters. Yeah. Yeah. You could go yeah. by yourself in August. You could go up and down University Avenue. You could buy a winter beater, which was the same thing as a fishing car. Hmm. Where are they? Here's what I've been looking at, and I found them. They're more expensive than they sh- than I wish they were, but they're still ob- obtainable. Um, and my search engine on uh, Facebook Marketplace is Chevy square body trucks. Here's a '76 Chevy Silverado for two grand. Here's one for fifteen hundred. One for eighteen hundred. Now you know some of these are not fully reliable. '76. Need... The damn thing's nearly fifty years old. <laughs> right, right. But it's carbureted, yeah. and it's got no computers. And when the uh, Russians drop uh, the electronic magnetic pulse, <laughs> I'm still driving around. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I took it there right away. You really did. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, just then. to uh, make your point, Joe, I went to 1980 on newspapers.com. Yeah. Uh, in 1980, you could get, uh, here's a Granada two-door Ford for $3,000. Uh, Torino wagon. I don't remember wagons, Torinos, but. I do. Uh, 1788 for a five-year-old car, $1,788. Granted, money wasn't worth, you know, but still. Well, geez, that's pretty good for a five-year-old car. A five-year-old car, car not even A car that's grand. now a collectible for Pete's sake. Wow. <laughs> yeah. How about a, a topper, a pickup truck with a topper? $2,488, five years old. Well, as recently as Labor Day to... No, I'm sorry. As recently as Memorial Day of 2003, which is now exactly what, 20 years ago? Yes, sir. So it's been 20... I bought a, I bought a motorcycle off the, out of the one ads in the Minneapolis paper on Memorial Day weekend of 2003, there were three columns of motorcycles, not to mention how many columns. Well, then Craigslist came along. Right. And now Craigslist has evolved to be the bottom feeder of the one ads. Right. When it, when it first started, it was pretty interesting, but now it's the it's the site to go to. If you want to get robbed. Where you want to find something that, that the wife said, get that thing off out of the backyard. <laughs> and that's the same thing I've kind of found with Facebook Marketplace. Here's a vehicle I was contemplating, and I made a, an offer on. It was 41 weeks ago. A 2010 Ford Expedition Limited Sport Utility four-wheel drive four-door. Uh, with 174,000 miles, she was asking 7,500. I believe I offered her seven, and she turned me down. 
and she got her money. She sold it, yeah. but just not to me. Wow. One hundred and seventy-four thousand. Well, that and wow. that's the other difference. Old. See, that's the other difference. <clears throat> Cars last a lot longer yeah. than they used to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that five-year-old Torino you bought in nineteen eighty. She could mm -hmm. see the end of the road from but, there. <laughs> then there's poor people like me that are driving. I bought this truck new. It's a 2016. It's got 140 on it. Uh, and I just refinanced it so I could buy a different car. So I'm still paying for it. $140,000 a mile, still paying for it. Well, uh, in any uh, in any event. Uh... And you know what's weird, Joe? I'm not upside down. I still owe less than what it's worth. Hmm. The thing jumped up in value, which I've never, ever, ever had happen. Hmm. I miss the days of the fishing car. Yeah. The fishing car. Joe, on the June 14th show, you read my letter about buying our Duluth daughter a Scoot Star from Kalen at EcoFund Motorsports. Then on June 21, you read my letter about my wife not wanting to be left out and getting an identical bike. Well, this morning, August 9, yesterday, we took my wife's in for a couple of minor things. Since we had appointments later in the day, we expected to have to leave it there. We went to fill up our water bottles for the drive back to Stillwater when Tim Bloom said, Hang on, Elias is working on it. It should be done in 10 minutes. Great. While waiting, Kathy, well, must be the wife, talked with another couple who was thinking of buying two Scoot Stars from Kalen, and they did. They bought one and got one at the half-off price. Elias is a great mechanic and a young guy who is headed back to college soon. He did the work quickly, on warranty, and then watched my wife ride the bike. He could tell that her handlebars were too low, so he inserted a spacer in the post and raised the angle of the bars. My wife's posture is now way better. Thank you, Elias. By the way, in the June 14 podcast, you wondered if I was the John Harrington. No, I am not number 28 on the 1980 hockey team, nor am I former St. Paul Police Chief John Harrington. I am also not the former owner of the Boston Red Sox or the John <laughs> Harrington who invented the crapper. I'm just old John Harrington from Stillwater. <laughs> A couple of years younger than you. Take care, John. He's speaking of Kaylin, Tim's daughter. And with all of my emails, I now want to check for yeah. doing all your ads. But uh, <laughs> that's the way it works at EcoFund Motorsports. They're talking about the the Forest Lake store just west of 35 on 97. But remember, it's been a little over a year now since EcoFund opened the Burnsville location. And this weekend... This Saturday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., special store pricing on all to ATVs, scooters, dirt bikes, and electric bikes in stock this in Burnsville. And all the most popular electric bikes from the manufacturers will be out for demo riding. And to top it off, it's a Grunhofer's Day. Uh -huh. Egg roll brats and hot dogs served hot. Now you can ride the top electric bikes on the market. Enjoy Spencer's top-rated Broad. Remember the manufacturers authorized buy one e-bike, get one 50% off sale will be going on through Saturday at both Forest Lake and Burnsville. That's uh, EcoFund Motorsports, Forest Lake on Highway 97 west of 35 in Burnsville on the service road of life near County Road 42. Hmm. 
I could get you a 68 Corvette convertible in 1980 with 35,000 miles for 6,000 bucks. How about that? Woo! Not bad. That still had chrome bumpers. Uh, that was the Sazbot C3, I think, Corvette 3. Doesn't really say. It just says real classic beauty, four-speed uh, rally wheels, 35,000. What acres. month are you looking at in your I'm looking opinion? at July 7th because I just well, randomly Well, go July. to the M's and T's. I want to know about MG's and Triumphs. Triumphs and MG's. Boy, there's a lot of pages of cars. Isn't that so? I used to love the one ads. My old man used to read the paper backwards because he loved to <laughs> read the one ads. Was he dyslexic? No, he just liked to read the one ads. <laughs> you went yeah, right but, to left. Chris, why can't you start in the body on the show? Yeah. MG, nineteen seventy five, low miles, four speed, great miles per gallon, must sell, two thousand seven hundred fifty dollars for everything oh, must Jesus. Sixty six MGB, chrome oh. wire, uh, new paint and top, twenty three hundred. Oh. Uh, that's it for MG <clears throat> actually, except for MG Rover Renault Jaguar sales at Twin City Auto. Doesn't Twin give City any. Auto. Owned by Bill Hirabashi, who was on Grand Avenue, Grand and Hamlin. Huh. What else? You said MG and what? Triumph. Triumphs. <clears throat> you know, by 1980, Triumph was already four years out of business. I'm not seeing any Triumphs, yeah. unless it's under some other... Are we calling Mary here? Uh, yes. Okay. Mary, Mary. I'm ready whenever you are. And I have an ad here. All right, I'm going to... I'm, I'm ready. Okay. I didn't know if you were still talking to John. Roland. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. You want the best water? I know you Yes. Do. How about the best water to make the best coffee? Yes. How about the best water to make the best ice? Yes. The best Please. shower? Yes. Hofferman Water then, Joe. That's where you want to turn to. I made the switch years ago to Connecticut and Hofferman, and I'm very glad with my decision, and you will be too. I guarantee that you will be. So get on the schedule, 952-894-4040. Call them up and just have them come up for a free water analysis. It's just that easy. You can also visit their website, which is, of course, HoffermanWater.com. You go on their website, and you can see every single system that they have to offer. Maybe you're in the market for a new water softener or a drinking water system. It doesn't matter. Go with the best, and that's Connecticut and Hofferman Water. They will take great care of you, your family, and the quality of your water. I've been a proud customer for almost a decade now. Hofferman Water has been proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. When you call them or visit them online, please tell them that you heard about them here on the Garage Logic Podcast. By the way, happy birthday, Marjorie Johnson. It was yesterday. We don't do we birthdays. Well, we do Marjorie's. See, now that it's not on her birthday, 104. we can do it. 104 years old. I saw her on the news. She's God still... love you, Marjorie. Yeah. I hope we speak with you uh, to start the fair, as we always have done. We're calling uh, Mary Devine. She has a piece on the front page of today's Pioneer Press on the uh, passing from this earth of a guy named Brian Eldridge. Lifelong St. Paul guy, 76 Mary years. would like a minute to get settled, Mr. Mayor. Just settled? What the hell does that mean? <laughs> settled? <laughs> she have to fluff out her skirt or something? Now Mary just said oh, it's oh. two minutes. <laughs> oh, fluff great. out her skirt. That didn't sound too sexist, Joe. <laughs> oh. Wow. 
Well, that's a woman for you. <laughs> I don't know how she puts up with your ass. Need more time because she's a woman. I suppose she's got to look in a mirror or something. Oh, she said that she was going to be at a staff meeting when we called her. Mm-hmm. And I found that hard to believe because we don't have a staff. Right. Well, Mary is right. the staff. Mary is the staff. Well, she's meeting with herself. Yeah. Is Julio still there? Boy, if he is, his his bylines are few and far between. Yeah, yeah I, what I don't about, know. Uh, Fred, right? Fred's still there, isn't he? Oh yeah, Fred's a single-handed whirling dervish. Yeah, covering many many things. Uh, and then they got you, who just occasionally writes when he feels like yeah. it. <laughs> Mary. Hi, Joe. How are you, love? Fine. Why did you have to get ready? Did you have to primp and get proper? And... Well, in her defense, we told her 1230, and I called her at 1227. Mary, uh, your story is most of well, you are a cut above. This was an extraordinary story on the death of a fellow named Brian Eldridge, and tell us how you got onto it. Well, Joe, I read the obits on Sunday, and I actually... Um, I always read the obituaries, but uh, my husband, Greg, found it first left it out for me and said, you've got to read this one. Mm-hmm. And it was submitted by his brother. It was. His brother, Steve, who lives in Oregon. Brian was the middle of three boys, and uh, Steve is the youngest. Um, and he's the only one left, right, Steve? He's the only one left living, yeah. He actually, he also wrote a heartbreaking obituary about his brother, David, the oldest, um, who had suffered from schizophrenia his whole life, and but we, but we don't know if Brian suffered from any mental illness, do we? We don't. No, we don't. It and just may be that he was the world's ultimate loner. That could be, indeed. Um, I think one of the reasons why this story resonated, I, I have to just tell you the response has been absolutely incredible. Um, it really has. I, I think I, I can't think of a story... I've written lately that has just had this this incredible response, and I, I think in part, Joe, because we all we all know a Brian, right? Or we all maybe fear that we might one day be a Brian. No, or that, no, you know, no, no. I disagree with you. All right, you go. No, I disagree with you. I think what what compels the extraordinary interest in this story is that we don't know anybody like that. Every time you're reading this piece that you wrote and you think, well, we're going to get to the paragraph where, you know, Mrs. Smith down the block made him brownies once a month. No, there was nothing, no family, no love, no employer, no neighbors, no one knew he died. I submit to you, that's what's getting the response is we don't know anyone this thoroughly off the grid. I, well, I, I certainly don't. Background yeah. me. Where did he live? How did he end up in the position he ended up in? Well, uh, he grew up in St. Paul. He went to Central High School. He graduated in 1965. He um, lived in Moundsview. He had a two-bedroom apartment. He also rented two garage storage areas. He had three vehicles for a lot of that time. and uh, Just a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. Um Military? No. He was bright. He he read, Joe. Mm-hmm. He read. He subscribed to probably 20 different magazines and, and you know, periodicals and things. He, right. he was obviously very bright, but just not really tech savvy. Um, he had computers that he didn't know how to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that breaks my heart, too. I feel like, um, you know, going into a store and 
buying something and being sold something that I, I would imagine the salesperson, you know, it just that he wouldn't be able to operate, um, mm-hmm. but yet, yet was sold um, again and again. I guess what got me the most was he was anxious to serve in the military. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his brother said he probably would have been good at that, but they rejected him because they didn't want to pay the uh, the cost of what have, would have been required for his acne medication. Yeah, and he that just, killed me. It does kill you, love, because you know six, that would have been sixty. I think that was sixty eight. He was drafted, mm-hmm. and you know today, right? Of course, you know there's medication. I mean, things like that. Just it, to, if if he had grown today right we would hope um you know there would be he wouldn't have had the same life i guess but that smacks that smacks of the military being just reprehensibly uncharitable uh, because what the hell do you care if a soldier's got acne or not i don't know and i don't know how bad it was yeah who knows I, i yeah but again just sort of one thing after the other in this man's life that just you know, no. mishaps, um, you know, just things that didn't, that just didn't go right. He must have had job, a job or jobs. He did. Mary, he did. Expl- yes. explain those. Well, he uh, delivered the newspaper. One of them was the Pioneer Press. Um, and I actually, you know, I, I know he was a good employee there. I heard from somebody who, who worked, uh, who worked with him, the Pioneer Press. He delivered, I think, the Star Tribune as well. He also then was a night janitor at a bingo hall, and that was. And then he, the other thing he did was collect aluminum cans. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if are people still doing that, but that's what he would do. He'd go out to the dumpsters behind bars and restaurants at night, and pick them all out and then sell them. Mm-hmm. And he had some money from his mom. He did. Um, he had. Uh, well, he he had this three hundred when his parents died. He ended up with a brokerage account, and I, I assume it had been divided among the boys. But his was three hundred thousand, and his he said always from day one that he would never once touch the principal of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only time he took any money out of that account was to buy this the new car. I think that was twenty sixteen, and the and his brother Steve, he had this old rusted out van that never started, and he also had a Saturn. Um, mm-hmm. and he's kept both because he had to get to his job. If he didn't make make it to his job in the middle of winter, and it didn't start, so he wanted to have two cars just as one as backup. But the brother finally convinced him to take some money out of that to buy this new car. Um, so that was in 16. But the rest of the time he lived off Social Security and then, you know, the interest and dividends from the, the account. Do we know where in St. Paul he grew up, and do we know anything about his parents? You know, I don't, and I wish I had asked more about what neighborhood he was in. I know he went to Central. They mm-hmm. went to St. Paul. Um, no, and I asked his parents. I asked if there was a history of mental illness in the family. I, the, because and the brother had schizophrenia and had and was diagnosed. And he mm-hmm. no, no, no. So, just a an interesting man. Um, you know, hair Joe down to the middle of his calves. I mean, long. Oh long wow! Hair, Never cut his hair. Yeah, never, not in 45 years. And um, never went to a doctor. Never went to a doctor, ever. Not until the brother one time came back and he was bleeding from his nose. Mm-hmm. And the brother said, you, look, we've got to get you to urgent care right now. Mm-hmm. And that's when they 
diagnosed him with um, uh, high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. But also, Joe, I mean, and this it was too long. I mean, the story just got, you know, how it goes. It's just too long. Mm-hmm. But he had a hernia. The brother noticed he was in a hospital gown at urgent care, and he said, what is that? Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, that's my tumor. And mm-hmm. he said it was about the size of a deflated football. And, and uh, you know, he'd never, it had gone untreated this whole time. Mm-hmm. And so he did finally get in and get the hernia operated on. Well, it, it, it's, again, the reason uh, I'm so captivated by it is I, you could not have created in a novel someone this distanced from everybody else and if you did it would be it would have to be novelistic you would have to have created and set out to specifically create a character who was unaffiliated with the human race well and no one would believe it right right you you saw the photo that ratty old jacket i mean you just it is just um yeah no one would believe it but i'll tell you joe i have been so touched um and i hope people a read the story right and Mm -hmm. i hope also they go and find his obituary and then read all the comments that have been left by people you know who who never knew brian right had no affiliation with him Mm -hmm. and i also want to give a shout out to the saint adelia's up in shoreview who offered you know, contacted the brothers through the Pioneer Press and offered to host a, you know, a funeral service for free. They're going to do a mass in his name mm-hmm. um, next weekend, and it offered also to bury him. You know, have his cremains or you know bury him there at the cemetery, which mm-hmm. I thought was beautiful. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I've just been moved by all the comments, um, and I just think you know there's so many stories out there, and I'm grateful to the Pioneer Press for letting me take the time to tell them and tell them in the, the, you know, the manner and the way that I feel they should be told. I think these soul of the city stories you know, are what really set the Pioneer Press apart. And um, I'm just grateful to have a chance to, to share them. I, I'm, I'm of the understanding that you're going to or either are attending a staff meeting today. You can get the well, memo, I, huh? I, it's a, it's a picnic, Joe. It's our summer. <laughs> oh, oh, he wasn't invited. Even worse, they picnic. won't invite him to the picnic. Stone soul picnic. Mary, you'll appreciate this. Um, here at Hubbard Broadcasting, and I don't know if you guys at the Pioneer Press do the same thing, but when we mention a fellow employee's name, we look at Joe and we say, for a million dollars, do you know who that person well, I, is? I, I, Mary, don't listen to this. <laughs> Mary, uh, I have something to tell you. Old man Such here has been... Um, urging me, demanding that I uh, sign up and get um, um, a subscription to the Pioneer Press. And for years, I've been giving him the middle finger. Uh, I just signed up because of you. Because of you, Mary. I appreciate that. Well, she won't let you down. I said this is a cut above. This kind of story, Mary, is not that unusual. This is almost a staple of newspapers to search these kinds of things out. But you have a particular uh, you have a particular way of thoroughness, and uh, uh, I was t- I was again. Y- you said at the beginning of this, you said, "Well, we all know somebody." <laughs> no, we don't. That's why I, this is. That's why this I, one is so special. I agree with Mary because he grew up here in the Twin Cities. He still lives in the Twin Cities, and people knew him. So no, he that's, wasn't Kenny. He, who knew him? He well, his employers. He got fired on Christmas Eve. Oh, that's cold. Isn't that it? is really cold. Yeah. Damn, that yeah. is cold. Ooh, Mary, mm. did anyone know him? Well, I mean, that's I don't know, right? Love, I mean, I haven't seen on the obituaries like, oh, well, I was his, 
you know, I worked at SA for 15 years. Yeah, I saw him every morning and we talked when he came in. I mean, I love that he went to Super America every... He drove. It was like two blocks from his house. He drove to the SA and he bought both newspapers. Thank God for that. And he bought a lottery ticket, which I loved. And then some sort of frozen burrito or something. Joe, he never once operated his oven or stove or even his microwave until later when his brother... You know, he just, it was just, huh. it was sort of like a relic, like a throwback to another, yeah. another time. Did he have yeah. a TV? He huh. had a TV, but he didn't know how to operate it. He yeah. couldn't get it to work. He couldn't get the channels. Wow. Yeah. He couldn't oh, get God, it, that's couldn't depressing. Get it and he bought yeah. a 72-inch. He went to Best Buy and bought a 72-inch TV. That's in his story, yeah. Yeah. And he loved the Minnesota Twins, and that's why he wanted the TV, was to be able to watch the Twins, and I just don't think he ever really got that. Probably what killed him. <laughs> yeah, the heartbreak. He was heartbroken. But but to think, uh, but to think, he wouldn't go down the hall and knock on a door and say, "Could you help me find the Twins game on my TV?" Yeah, you know, and I'm thinking I, honestly. I was, you know, normally sometimes Joe, when I write stories like this, then the next day I'll hear from somebody. You know, I actually lived down the street, or I knew I lived across the hall from him. Mm-hmm. I have not. I mean, and I will tell you, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of people have read this story. I, yeah. And I, I thank you for bringing attention to it. Uh, shout out to Kathy Wurzer at NPR, uh, Jana Shortle. I mean, a number of people have commented and shared this story. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I only have taught, I've gotten, I've heard from one person who knew, who had, um, had worked with him at the Pioneer Press. Mm-hmm. And I was just struck by that. Um, hmm. you know, he, he had said that he knew him and he they, they liked him. And... You know, just was so very sad to hear hear what had happened to him. So. Well, thank you, young lady, and keep it up. Yeah. Well, oh, I'd also give a shout out to Dan Kelly. He read the story to the he reads to the blind on. Yes, Thursday, he does. So. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he did a beautiful job reading it. Um. So, uh, and Joe, I just always I, I uh, your text this morning. I just want to. It means a lot to hear from you, and I appreciate you. I know you read my stories, and I know um, you know what it takes to produce them. So I just yeah. it always I just. Um, I'm grateful for you for. Wait a minute. So he's nice to you, but he's not yeah. nice. No, to us. I'm I'm no. nice, Mary. Don't believe Dude, these people. They're I've never morons. got I've never gotten a nice text from Joe. <laughs> not yeah. once yeah. ever. I, I do want to follow up on Kenny's comment about uh, paying you a compliment and saying that he was drawn to the Pioneer Press website to sign up, and uh, I did as well today. Kenny, what did it cost you for six months? One dollar. One dollar. One. And Mary, that's why you're having a picnic in the park, because we don't have a building. No, but I want to shout out, because really, I think people complain, oh, I hit the paywall. I didn't, I'm not going to buy it. I'm not going to pay for it. It's one dollar. Seriously. Yeah, I'll, it's one yeah. dollar. <laughs> Mary, that's... It will send you four quarters. I mean, that's the... Okay. That's the conversation I had with me. It's one dollar, dummy. Sign up. I do want to hear, this was Scott Franson, who worked at Pioneer Press and helped with circulation. Mm-hmm. He sent this note, Mary, a touching and lovely story today on Brian. Brian was a paper carrier back in the 80s and 90s while I was at the Pioneer Press. He was loved, mm-hmm. not just by the Pioneer Press employees that worked with him daily, but also by the several hundred readers who received their paper from him daily for all those years. Good. Thank you for bringing yes. us this story. Cool. So I just want to put that out to Scott. And so, yes. So he was loved, and how many um, people, you know, it's, there you go, love. I don't know my paper carrier, and um, 
you know, I'm, I'm grateful for... I do, like and uh, yeah. I do know mine, and uh, we're lucky to get the paper Speak, by noon on speaking Sunday. Speaking of Super America. <laughs> Mary, thank you very much. Thank you. Take care, you guys. All right, Good goodbye. Back. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Thank you. Mary yeah. Devine. That wouldn't have passed muster with my supervisor, Craig Harrison, way back when. Mm-hmm. We had to get it out there by seven. My guy's up there eating a roller dog, and I'm trying to buy the paper. <laughs> <laughs> when she said the burrito, I thought, man, was this Joe's paper guy? Wait a minute. <laughs> Could have been my paper guy. No, it was not. It was right. not my paper no. guy. Thank you very much. Uh, why don't we come back in just a moment? Shoot. What'd you forget to ask? Oh, that would have been a perfect segue to Mueller. Uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. The beauty of a podcast, Joe, is yeah, we can, fix it. We can edit time. Are you ready? Yep. Three, two. You know, learning of this uh, death of Brian Eldridge, uh, Mueller would have taken care of him. That would have been the kind of thing that Mueller oh, would yeah. have would have excelled at. Mueller Memorial, family owned. They've been serving families for over seventy five years. They're in the third generation, and I'm sure my friend uh, Scott Mueller has probably come across a few Brian Eldridges in his life. They uh, take care of difficult details so you can spend the time with your family. They help create the perfect event to honor your loved one and bring families together to celebrate a life well lived. You know what? He would have figured out a way to celebrate by Brian Eldridge. Yes, for sure. There wouldn't have been family around, but there would have been people. He would have figured mm-hmm. out a way. It's not a fun thing to think about, but when you learn about it, it's not all that wrought with fright and anxiety. Uh, Mueller has also written a book called What to Know Before You Go. You can get a free copy sent to you just by going to MuellerMemorial.com. And keep in mind that uh, that family, the Mueller family, has been doing this for many, many years in the Twin Cities, in St. Paul in particular. They have a, they have a, actually have a bar at the White Bear location. Nice. That. You know, it's not used for every occasion, but it's there. If when, you, the, when the occasion calls. That's right. So uh, please take my word for it. I know these people very well. MuellerMemorial.com. The I suppose we better get to John. Yep. What does the account token is invalid? What does that mean? I have no idea what you're talking about. Well, I'm trying to pay for your paper, and it's... It's a buck. Do you need my card again? It's giving me sass. <laughs> no, I know it's a buck. That's why I'm signing up. It's in the budget. Rookie, as we bump back... Yes. ...before we go to John, can you give me Mueller... Mortuary. No, Jesus. I, I, Minnesota I, Masonic. I, Got it. I, if I was... If I had one critique of that story, it would be... I'm, Dying to know what the parents were like. I mean, for all I know, the guy was a big shot lawyer in town. I have no idea. Mm. Well, didn't she say that that ended up on the cutting room floor? No, she didn't get to the appearance. Uh, something ended the up me- on the. She cutting said the medical room. was too long. Yeah. The, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the hernia and all that right. didn't get on the in the story. Boy, that's a lot of Christmases by yourself. Oof. How do you like this Hallmark? Uh, that had to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All I, fails, got. Has it? All I got. He 
collected yeah, what hallmark see. cards it was hallmark collectibles yeah. collectibles yeah and i just associate that with christmas i guess yeah i think it did say i think ornaments didn't it rook i think some yeah, yeah, ornaments so. yeah uh, I'm ready if you uh, Chris, am I breaking in the middle? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, and will you... Actually, just, just we'll just go to break. I'm going to do Masonic here, though. In, okay. uh, as we bump into Johnny, yes. Okay. Yeah, just we'll just go to break, John. I'll just say more news after this or whatever. Correct. Right. Okay, good enough. Ready, gents? Okay. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. I'm trying to keep a beat. Uh, I tell you what, you know. There ain't one yet. Regarding that story, that obituary that we just read, I know some people that help people that need help. They have to know they need help, and that is Minnesota Wait, Masonic Charities. Got it. But they didn't know him, so they couldn't help him. Okay, but the, Danny Green. Those are the type of people. <laughs> When that, when that Minnesota Masonic Calcutta Clipper comes down, there's cash available. Actually, there's wow. help available to a lot of people. And they do serve a lot of people at Minnesota Masonic Charities, mnmasoniccharities.org. And as you know, they're one of Minnesota's leading service organizations. And this week, they're focusing on the great example of what they do at the Masonic Children's Clinic for Communication Disorders in Duluth. They provide early identification, treatment, and support for childhood communication disorders so the kids can communicate. They've helped thousands of families unlock the world of communication for their children since 1900. That's 123 years. Amazing work by great people. MasonicChildrensClinic.org is their home website. MasonicChildrensClinic.org. If you want to get involved, check out the website. They're also holding a golf tournament August 14th in Duluth, 218-390-390. 0864-218-390-0864, but get the uh, phone number from MasonicChildrensClinic.org. Minnesota Masonic Charities, compassionate, committed, and oh, so capable. Hi. Here's Hi. John Hyde. Here's you? John Hyde. Here's John Hyde. I'm sorry, I could have thrown it to you, Johnny Cake. Thank you, Joe, and Rookie. Uh, let's go back to the Pioneer Press for our first news story here. Joe, this might be good news for you. St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter today, uh, he, uh, he gave out his... Uh, Oh, what's going to happen with the budget this morning, right? Mm-hmm. And property taxes will not rise a lot. They're they're very flat. Define that a lot, Mayor Carter. Yeah, <laughs> they won't go up a lot. Right. About 3.7%, it appears they will go up. Owners of median value houses likely would see little difference in their property taxes. Some could see a decrease due in part to a large commercial and industrial properties gaining value at a faster clip in the era of same-day home delivery. Now, the total levy will go from $201.1 million to $208.5 million, so a $7.4 uh, million gain. But like I said, for a lot of uh, homeowners, they won't notice a whole lot. Yeah. The ones that are going to get a decrease are the ones that live between Mickey's Diner and the storage unit on 7th, <laughs> <laughs> the little house on the prairie. Among additional offsets against uh, what he called runaway inflation, the mayor noted the state legislature increased local government aid to St. Paul by $8.8 million, restoring state aid to 2003 levels after 20 years of lobbying lawmakers. Aside from property taxes, he talked about some other things, too. Uh, He talked about the RIP Medical Debt, a national nonprofit that buys hard-to-collect medical debt and negotiates payoffs at rates approaching $1 for every $100 in uncollected debt. Any health system in the city would be invited to take part in the city's 
Medical Debt Freedom Initiative, and patients who benefit will be notified by email that their debts have been canceled as a tax-free gift. Uh, let's see, what else did he talk about? He said, uh, by the before the speech, by the way, he went to talk with a group of about two dozen firefighters and labor activists gathered to protest the state of the city's contract negotiations with IAF Local. The encounter resulted in some yelling, firefighters yelling, you should be ashamed and pay us. The firefighters who say they're the 14th lowest paid firefighters in Minnesota have rallied for higher wages and begun informational picketing after working under an expired contract since the 1st of January. You know what the weird thing is about firefighters? God love them. Hmm. They don't put on, there are any fires. Their fires are so rare. Jesus. They're basically all medical people. My brother-in-law, Billy Sotzer, was a firefighter for 30 years or I don't know how long it was. And the only time he ever had a big fire was yeah. the fire at Plums. Yeah, he was. He had the axe on the on the ceiling. Other we don't have that, fires. Right. Uh, St. Paul Fire Department went to two fires yesterday: one okay. in the morning, one in the afternoon. Big commercial building fires. All right. Like I say, you get a it's fire. Those guys, there is no nothing burning on his uh, block. You know, there, there are mean. some. No, like I was saying, there are some fires. There's a couple yesterday. You don't see a lot on Maine where he is. <laughs> <laughs> You're a siren. Yes, every once you in, in the back. On um, Thanks, today's Ken. or this, I'm sorry, this week's award-nominated episode of the Weekly Scramble, Mike had some information that I think is uh, apropos here, gentlemen. He said, hey, uh, I just chatted with Mayor Melvin Carter. He stopped into one of my stores. I don't know which which location, mm -hmm. to buy some paint or whatever. And he said... I doubt if the mayor was buying paint. He was buying... No, Mike said he was buying stuff All to right. work on a project. Whatever. He also told me that I've tried to get in touch with Joe several times, and yeah. he has my cell phone number, but he's never called me back. Yeah, huh. I did. That's a lie. I called him back and because uh, he wants to have lunch. Because Mike... Pastor said, you need to go on GL. There ain't going to be no truce. <laughs> Not after that information, the, I'll John. I'll try to set it up for the fair. So I called him. and We'll bring him lunch. I called him, and he said, oh, I can't get together. I'm going to Washington. This was a long time ago. Was that, uh, I was just going to say, did he put that in quotes? Okay. So, uh, this, you know, we, you know, sure. On the other <laughs> Other side of the metro, Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry told Five Eyewitness News the process has begun to find a replacement for current Commissioner of Community Safety, Dr. Cedric Alexander, who, of course, as we know, is retiring on September 1st. What Alex a bleep show. Alexander was hired last <laughs> summer after a nationwide search for someone to oversee the Office of Community Safety. Uh, Fry said finding Alexander's replacement is one of the more important appointments he will make oh, as oh, the Why? Cedric uh, didn't do anything. Uh, I've been seeing, Jay Coles must have interviewed him, huh? I, I've seen footage, I haven't heard the interview. Uh, Jay did. I just want to know, what did Cedric do, and what do you expect the new guy to do? Anything? Yeah. He Anything did at all? He did talk about what the new guy will do. He said it'll be a little bit different from what Cedric did. He said the, ah. role, will, the role will change a bit. Fry said the new commissioner will focus more on administrative tasks than on police expertise. Oh, God, what a waste of time. You know what they have going over there? Too many cooks spoiling the broth. Hey, I can't say anything about that. And what is broth again? It's a so liquid. Uh, uh, it's a base for a base for a soup. Mm -hmm. It's like water, kind of yeah, a, yeah. with flavor. Water with flavor. Mm -hmm. uh, the mayor <laughs> said he's also considering uh, possible candidates who have broad experience, 
such as judges, former judges, former commissioners of public safety, and academics. He said he has not yet set a deadline, but sources told Five Eyewitness News he's hoping to announce before Alexander leaves the spot in three weeks. Can, do you have to live in Minneapolis, or can you live in South St. Paul? Because I know a guy that wouldn't mind having a third job. You have to live in Minneapolis, Kenny. Okay, Matthew, you have to move to Minneapolis. All right, I can make it work. What about the, uh, no, that's Cross not necessarily true, because what's the the one guy that ran the library? Wasn't well, he, he living in Southern California? California. He lived in California, yeah. Okay. <laughs> they got a great outfit over there. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a political shakeup in the politics of Duluth. A challenger comfortably topped Duluth's two-term incumbent mayor in a mayoral primary yesterday. I need a ray of hope here. I need Tuesday, a ray of I'm hope. Sorry. Okay. Ray of Hope, Chris. Okay. I'm glad John brought this up. Go ahead, John. Former state senator Roger Reinert earned the most votes, and Mayor Emily Larson secured the second spot, but it wasn't really close. Uh, the two will face off in November's general election ballot. Reinert got 63% of the primary vote. Larson had 35% in a five-way race. Issues in the campaign included housing affordability, the condition of streets, and property taxes. Larson ran with the backing of Governor Walls and the DFL party's endorsement, even though this office is technically nonpartisan. Reinert served in the legislature as a DFLer until 2017, but said he'd run without party backing in this race. His campaign emphasized bolstering basic city services. He had led the Duluth Entertainment and Convention Center on an interim basis in 2021 and 20. He teaches as an adjunct instructor at the College of St. Scholastica, and he's a licensed attorney. Uh, Larson's trying to be elected for the third time. On Tuesday, she lost in 85% of the city's precincts. The election will be November wow. 7th. Let me uh, quote you from a story about this. Uh, unhappiness with Larson is what spurred Western Duluth resident Brian Wark to vote. He said, with the city too focused on tourism and not enough on its residents, this town has gone too far, he said. Get this mayor out of here. Uh, this is the kind of awakening that's needed uh, in St. Paul and Minneapolis. It's yeah. gone too far. Uh, we have elected uh, people, we've discussed this many times, who do not have the citizens at heart. They have only their agendas right. at heart, and they don't take care of the basics. And this Emily Larson sounds like a, a, a an excellent example of the failed Progressive Academy. You'll recall among her pressing... Uh, her pressing worries was the use of the word chief. Remember that? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, only to be corrected by some natives who said, don't worry about it, lady. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, if you get your Starbucks inside the little stores they have in Target, this story is for you. Target announced Wednesday they'll be rolling out nationwide the ability for guests to uh, add a Starbucks drink for their drive-up order at stores that have Starbucks cafes. I'm so, so sick of these fruitcakes <laughs> calling shoppers guests. I go in there. I'm not your Come guest. On, do it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm, I'm confused by what you just said, John. Well, you know, so America, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yep. So America ha has spoken. We're so lazy that the, just the pure convenience of walking into a, st a large market retailer and getting our coffee, that's not enough. That some bitch needs to have a drive-through because after I get my goods at Target, I ain't walking. No, I need a effing drive-through. Well, it's not a drive-through. It's it's when you drive up to get your groceries and they bring them out. 
they'll also bring your coffee up. You're 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 saying exactly what I was trying to. So, yeah, I think so, you're just a lazy guest no. at that. Wow, point. lazy no, guest. No. Yes, <laughs> I think you're around. a very bad guest. Uh, it's what we've had all along since the beginning of the pandemic. Like John was saying, there's always spots in almost every parking lot where you can pull in. They're right. close to the door and they come running out with your crap. And I and listen, I'm not ripping that part because I know that there's elderly people that are disabled that need that. I get that completely. But now I need a, okay, I, I need the drive through. Mm-hmm. Got it. Okay. Those elderly people need a coffee, Chris. Uh-huh. <laughs> On that note. Yeah, there is no obesity issue in this country whatsoever. Why don't we take a quick break before we do a little more news? Before I dig myself a further hole. Yeah. (laughs) No, but that's what... We're so lazy. I I agree completely, yeah. You should... Next time you guys see my wife, ask her about that with patience. About about how lazy and obese people have become. Well, yeah, it's, you know. Yep. How come poor people are so obese? Because they don't okay. eat the right foods. Right. Don't pay attention to diet. They just grab the chips. And You're too poor to be fat. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't be fat. You don't have any money. They don't eat right. And they don't exercise. Can't they afford to. Exercise. <laughs> okay. Kenny, since I know I said it wrong yesterday, it's Lahaina or Lahaina? Lahaina, right? Oh, we haven't talked about that at all. Is that correct? Lahaina. 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 Oh, I didn't Lahaina? say it wrong. Maybe. Lahaina? Lahaina? Uh, is, who cares? Lahaina. Are we blaming Lahaina. this on climate change? I, I don't I don't have a, I don't care what you call it. <laughs> There's a big tree, though, and evidently the big tree survived. Lahaina. Lahaina. I don't remember the big tree. A eucalyptus? Yeah, Maybe. Uh, Kenny, Big I'm going to plug Scoonies here. Okay. Scoonies! <laughs> that was weird, Rick. Uh, Such, uh, Mike and I, in the middle of his, um, um, in the middle of our conversation, he brought up Bugs Be Gone. I, I heard it. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, he so was, I'm just going to mention. Here when you did it. I'm yeah. just going to mention a, just a. Really quick mention here, and we'll get right back to John. Ding. Ding. Banyan tree. Banyan, yeah. Under oh, banyans are those big, yeah. Lahaina, according to the geologist. All I know about banyan trees is it's a lyric in Asia by Steely Dan. Yeah, you're right, John. Yeah. Beneath the banyan trees, angular banjos. Is Lahaina the only populated part of the island? Lahaina? Yeah. (laughs) No, the whole island. The whole western side is populated. The eastern side is kind of bare. It's really cool. Great road around the island if you ever need to go for a drive. And there's a place uh, over there where you can score a bag, too, if you need to. What's it take, about 10 minutes to circle the island? No, it takes all afternoon. Uh, it's a it's a narrow road, and there's some cliffs there. It kind of reminds you of a mountain pass. It's pretty cool. Hmm. Okay. Can we do the show? I mean, let's go. <laughs> it's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. And I just want to mention... Um, 
double down on what Mike said about Bugs Be Gone. It's safe for all finishes, non-toxic, a water-based formula, leaves no film or haze when it dries, and we can use it on anything. Anything that has an organic substance on it, and um, like the vehicles, campers, bikes, boats, golf carts, whatever you got, Bugs Be Gone will work on it. It's just a wonderful, wonderful product from Seafoam. Johnny? Thank you, Kenny. In other news, wildfires fueled by a dry summer and strong winds from a passing hurricane killed 36 people and destroyed hundreds of homes and other buildings on the Hawaiian island of Maui in the deadliest blaze in the U.S. in years. Rescuers searched today through the leveled ashen homes and businesses of Lahaina, which dates to the 1700s. It's the biggest town on the west side of the island, has long been a favorite destination of tourists. Firefighters still battling blazes on the island as Maui officials prepared to evacuate thousands of visitors and residents still in need of shelter. The fire started Tuesday, took the island by surprise. At least 36 people have died, according to Maui County officials. Uh, officials said earlier 271 structures had been damaged or destroyed. Officials warned the Maui death toll could rise from this point on. President Joe Biden signing an executive order yesterday to block and regulate high-tech U.S.-based investments going toward China, a move the administration said was targeted, but it also reflected an intensifying competition between the two big powers. The order covers advanced computer chips, microelectronics, quantum information technologies, and artificial intelligence. Senior administration officials said the effort stemmed from national security goals rather than economic interests. China immediately blasting Biden's move, the foreign ministry saying China is strongly dissatisfied with and resolutely opposed to the U.S.'s insistence on introducing restrictions. This is blatant economic coercion and technological bullying. Let me ask you, numbnuts, some questions here about China and what you would do. Let's say you have a real estate asset, and uh, I'll just pick a figure. It's worth $500,000. You're trying to sell it for five twenty-five. dollars You get an offer from China, and they'll pay you seven fifty. Are you selling it to China? I ain't selling it to the commies. Sold. Believers? Sold. Believers? Rookies selling it. Sold. Nope. I need the money. Johnny? Yeah, probably not, no. Wow. Kenny'd sell it in a heartbeat. Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to ask me. You already know. <laughs> right. Right. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have a music death, and this one's a pretty big one. Robbie Robertson, the chief composer and lead guitarist for the band, whose work offered a rustic vision of America that seemed mythic and authentic, despite his being Canadian, in the process helped to inspire the genre that became known as Americana. Died yesterday in Los Angeles. He was 80. His manager said he died after a long illness. His songs conjured up a wild place, often centered in the south of America, peopled by rough-hued characters from the defeated Confederate soldier in the night they drove old Dixie down, to the tough union worker of King Harvest is Surely Come, to the shady characters in Life is a Carnival. In its day, the band's music stood out by inverting the increasing volume and mania of psychedelic rock and also by sidestepping its accent on youthful rebellion. Robertson described it as, quote, we just went completely left when everyone else went right. The ripple effect on that sound and image unveiled from the band's first album, Music from Big Pink, released in 1968, was very wide on impact. The band's music affected a lot of artists who were influenced by it, affected uh, fellow guitarist Eric Clapton so much that he wanted to join the band, but they politely declined his offer. Before the band had success, they were Bob Dylan's backup band through the mid-60s, supplying muscle to his move to electric music. 
In the summer of 1967, the band went to live near Dillon's home in Woodstock, New York, and they recorded a bunch of music, ended up becoming the first real bootleg record, nicknamed The Great White Wonder, and eventually they were released officially about eight years later as The Basement Tapes in 1975. In 74, the band reunited with Dylan, backing him on the Planet uh, Waves album, which became number one on Billboard. Uh, two years later, they gave what they called their final concert, The Last Waltz. All-Star Affair it featured guest artists and friends from Joni Mitchell and Van Morrison to Muddy Waters and Neil Young, as well as Dylan. Film of the show, released in 1978, directed by Martin Scorsese, was lionized by Rolling Stone magazine as the greatest concert movie of all time. The band was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1994. Robbie Robertson was 80 years old. You know the song, The Wait? Yeah. yeah by Rolled in Nazareth. Yeah. Uh, is about nothing. It means mm -hmm. nothing. Nazareth was the location of a guitar that Robbie Robertson bought, Nazareth, Pennsylvania. And that's where, and then all of a sudden I rolled into Nazareth. That's where it came from. Got it. I love the Mavis Staples version of it. Yeah, she, wonderful. Uh, John and I have had a million conversations about Mavis Staples. Her short little verse that she sang um, in, in that version, it's just so amazing to me, so powerful. And Joe, I, I've uh, I've kind of the analogy I've come up with is she's driving a supercar and she's just on the verge of putting the throttle down and going from sixty to two hundred and ten miles an hour. Mm -hmm. It's just it's she's so amazing and how she kind of holds back and the last thing she says, mm hmm, and it's like, oh, yeah. Mavis, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, the guy that intrigues me oh. is Garth Hudson. He's the only one left. Right. And he number. he apparently had to lie to his parents to to be in the band and, and lied to them and said he was giving music lessons because apparently he was a very serious and talented musician. Yeah. And and his parents would have been appalled that he was backing up Ronnie Hawkins, so he lied about it. Yeah. Let's listen to that right now. Look that up, Chris. Let's put it on. <laughs> I want to hear that song. I knew the Clapton story, Jim, but why? Why? what was the reason? Well, he's a hack. They knew. They the, saw right through well, his no, act. No, that's, they already had everything they needed in the That band. was not even intentional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Robbie was a, a really fine guitar player, too. He was, mm -hmm. he was not. In fact, there's a live Clapton album where uh, Robbie comes out and joins him on stage, and Robbie blows Clapton off the stage because it's when Clapton was at his most mellow in the 70s, and Robbie just... You mean when he was up. the most stoned? Stoned and drunk, yeah. Mostly yeah. drunk, man. He yeah. was drinking, uh, and he give, he throws the solo to Robbie, and it's like night and day. It's like, okay. Well, kids, if you, if you want to stay clear of the weed... And uh, the door well, says heroin. Uh, take a good look at uh, before and after pictures of Rick Danko. Yeah, yeah. that'll straighten you out. <laughs> they no, had Rick, Rick Danko really looked the, like a movie star. He wasn't really the weed though. He was he was, was no, that was smack. It was all yeah. kinds of bad stuff. But he looked like a movie star. Yeah. And then twenty years later. Didn't look like a movie star. He well, weighed it, about 700 pounds. And, and Richard oh. Manuel, the keyboard player, also looked like a movie star and hung yeah. himself you know, yeah. after being a, also a heroin addict. And my claim to fame with uh, Richard Manuel is I think when I covered spring training, I always stayed in the same hotel that Richard Manuel did when he killed himself. Oh, in, oh well, that's, wow. okay. that's in, not in, dark in, at in, all. In yeah. Winter Park, Florida. Huh. Did you request his room? No, no, I just... <laughs> I, 
I wow. just, I just, when 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 uh, when I he died, I, I thought he, <laughs> I thought I read that he died in this hotel in Winter Park, Florida, and I said, well, I recognize the name of that. I stayed there. When you check in, do you say anyone die here? Uh, no. John, room? they had they had some difficulties after they broke up, right? They did because copyright stuff or what was was, it, John? Levon Helm felt, starting with the Scorsese movie, uh, that Robbie Robertson basically was out to be to be the famous guy, to be the leader of the band, to be... He was, wasn't he? Well, he wasn't. Yeah, he wrote Ah, stuff and hmm. arranged stuff. But Levon said, you know, he just cared more about an image than he did about the music, and that's why Levon ended up being the first one to kind of go, I got to get out of here. Uh, and, uh, so yes, he and, and Robbie and Robbie did some weird things in his autobiography. He said he, when Levon was dying, he went to his hospital room. And even though all the family says Levon was incoherent, couldn't, wasn't even, he was comatose. Robbie said, well, we made up me and Levon made up. Then Levon said, everything was okay. <laughs> well, all right. Family said he was comatose. Robbie, right. not sure that. Well, he didn't disagree when he said, are we good? He didn't say no. He didn't say no. He didn't say no. But yes, but he also has a huge, uh, tons of people in the music industry who are his friends who say, you know, he's he's like any other rock star. He's driven by music. He's driven by fame. He's driven by all the normal things, or he was driven. So you know, I'm you know how personal things sometimes with bands get involved. The son of a Native American, Native Canadian woman, and a Jewish gambler. Yeah. Um, he Do you made, guys know this? I'll take a hit. Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. He, he made a couple excellent solo albums in the 80s, too, mm-hmm. uh, that don't get the recognition they should. They were really good. Mm-hmm. Like what? what? What are they called? Uh, I can't remember the name of the one, but it had a semi-hit on it, uh, <laughs> Broken look, Arrow. Look it up, because I want to tell the story of Muddy Waters on uh, The Last Wall. Uh, Waltz, a mannish boy. Um, the director told all the cameramen they could take a break, and so... There's just one camera on Muddy Waters for his entire, almost his entire version of the song Manish Boy. And then mm-hmm. at the very end, I don't know if he called everybody back in or if they just came back from break. But then you can, if you're watching it, you see at the very, very end, they go to a different camera. Uh, but that just that one camera shot of Muddy doing that song is so so cool a mistake that just turned out awesome it was yeah. his own name was the album john that's the what first, i'm saying his first one was robbie robertson the second one was, was storyville from 91 which both albums killer just excellent uh storyville he did with a bunch of guys like the neville brothers a lot of new orleans guys and uh both albums very good and he's got that weird not really great singing voice that sounds great you know what i mean that kind of rock and roll thing where, yeah kind of like know. me yeah <laughs> well yeah, yeah i guess okay, uh, we'll i back. know I know what I'm watching when the show is over. <laughs> Great band. I think, you know, I thought about it yesterday. I thought, boy, they're probably as influential as outside of the Beatles and a couple other bands, Stones. They're as influential as any band ever. Because the whole Americana thing is direct shoot-off. Do you, of, of do you know the story with Emmy Lou in that movie? Why she not. wasn't a part of the, the show that night? Because at the very, very end, they do a song with her. That's in like shot in a warehouse, was, and that's yeah. the final final scene of the movie. Yeah, I don't know. No, no clue. Not sure why. All right, not sure why. Uh, in other news, we had an assassination in Ecuador. Oh boy! Uh, we killed a presidential candidate. 
Uh, this candidate had been known for speaking against drug cartels and wow. corruption. Uh, the whole thing, uh, well, not the whole thing, but it was caught basically on camera. Uh, he was shot numerous times. He was Fernando Villaviencioso in Quito. It happened less than two weeks before a special presidential election. And so now the president, current president of the country has declared three days of national mourning and a state of emergency that involves additional military personnel deployed throughout the country. An armed Utah man accused of making violent threats against President Biden shot and killed by FBI agents before the president landed there yesterday. Special agents were trying to serve a warrant in the home of 74-year-old Craig Robertson in Provo, Utah, when the shooting happened. Robertson was armed at the time of the shooting. He had posted online Monday that he had heard Biden was coming to Utah. He was planning to dig out a camouflage suit and begin cleaning up the dust off his M24 sniper rifle, a post that came after months of graphic online threats against several public figures, according to court documents. He had been visited in March and at that point told the FBI they needed a warrant to come in and uh, then posted online they were lucky he didn't shoot them. Robinson referred to himself as a mega Trumper, a reference to former President Trump, also posted threats against other law, top law enforcement officials overseeing the court cases against Trump. Robbie Robertson was worth 50 mil when he died. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Just look at the songs he wrote. Yeah. Hell, the weight's been recorded by everybody. Right. Literally. And they had a couple other hits up on Cripple Creek. Um, you know, a lot, lot of songs, a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, no thoughts on Utah, huh? On what? No thoughts on what? The guy that the FBI took out in Utah. What about him? John just did the news story. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the guy, that's an odd story because uh, I don't think he was, well, what do I know? I, uh, he didn't. Nice contribution, Reavers. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, we shot the guy because he was threatening Biden. Well, we shot him because he came to the door with a gun, I think, is why they shot him. There is. Vi- did you guys watch the video? There well, then if he not. came to the door with a gun, that that's okay. Then well, he's fair game, I guess. I, I'm doomed. Yeah. Well, his his post, when they vi- they visited him in March, he posted, I know you're reading this, Federal Bureau of Idiots. You have no idea how close your agents just came to violent eradication. So I think they probably thought he was dangerous, would be my guess. Yeah, but the neighbors say he was frail and used a cane and was unlikely he could shoot anybody. So but some old windbag. Well, then he's a good target, he, right? He yeah. was a keyboard, <laughs> keyboard warrior of the highest degree then, in other words. Yeah, yeah. He's a nutcase. Thank you. Speaking of nutcases, did you see the guy that ran onto the field at the Twins Detroit game? God, that was awesome. No, but I heard the play by play by play of it. it they just he just they basically couldn't catch him and he finally just gave up and said, they all I think conked he got out, too tired. didn't they? Yeah. I think tired? he just got so tired that he gave up. <laughs> yes. yeah. God, thank so you. Awesome. I missed that. You're welcome. Yes, uncomfortable. Uh, take a break. No, I uh, want to tell you with a dramatic pause about our friends at North American Banking Company, proud sponsors of 30 years of Garage Logic. Here as we're highlighting bits from 30 years of GL, and North American Banking Company is behind us, and they want you to consider them if you're ma- looking at making a switch from the big bank. They've been around since 1998, and when they first opened, they made that promise to deliver a better banking experience for their customers. And this commitment to being a true community bank in the Twin Cities, well. 
They have absolutely stood by that for over 25 years. They invest in people, businesses, and organizations that make the Twin Cities a great place to live. And they get it. There's no shortage of banking options in the Twin Cities. So if you're tired of being just a number to your big national bank, then be sure to check out my friends at North American Banking Company. They offer the same online and mobile banking options as the other banks, but with the unparalleled service of a community bank. And they are also locally owned and operated. And that's huge because loan decisions are made right here in the Twin Cities. And this helps business owners solve problems and expand their business with confidence. So check out their website today. It's nabankco.com. nabankco.com. North American Banking Company member FDIC is an equal housing lender. I'm glad to see you. Judd bit the bullet for one, huh? I'm glad that he responded to all of us, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does it pay? What does it pay? Thousand bucks a month plus tips. Oh, I missed my streaming story. Damn it. What are we talking about? You the, didn't check your email? Yeah, when you see the email, you'll see. Um, I got nothing here. From Bernie? Did you get something from Bernie? He probably already deleted it. Whoops. Are you talking to me? That's not for me. Yeah. uh, It hasn't made its way to me yet. I wonder if I blocked Bernie. I couldn't have blocked Bernie. (laughs) Although I think I've blocked Dan. Maybe I did block you, Bernie. Sorry. You blocked Dan? Yeah, you know, he keeps asking me questions I don't want to answer. He keeps asking for me to do stuff. Yeah. Who here has a new washing machine? Isn't it John Height? No, we didn't get one. We just had ours repaired after oh, it blew up. Refurbished. I have, I have a newer newer one. Well, according to uh, Scott from Inver Grove, he's got a new one. <clears throat> and it says it, it, it runs for two hours and 50 minutes. Jesus. Oh, my God, really? Which That's is, not possible. With just a thimble... F- Shot of water in? Uh, no, I'm, I'm throwing that email away. I uh, I don't have that kind of time. Two hours and fifty minutes. Yeah. But his point being that this was supposed to save you money. How could it possibly? I do have a washing machine that decides how much water it's going to use. It like calculates the load based upon the load. Yeah, same. And yeah, it well, does take do longer that. than my other washing machine, which you just say you know small, medium, or large, which is the way it should be. But, Suits, you don't know how to run the washing machine. Give me a break. We can't talk about that. I really? do. I do know how. Nah, you don't. I have a sheet of instructions. But every time he does, it's, it's like the Brady Bunch where the soap's all over and it's right. all over the floor. Right. Clean up. Yeah. No, I know how. I, I have a little cheat sheet that I use. You just throw in a bar of soap? Yep. Bar of soap. Throw in one of those dishwasher tablets. <laughs> Can we go here? Are we done with ads? Are we done yet? (laughs) I lost my hats. Where's the hat one? (laughs) Joe, hail the flashlight king. Hail Hail you. you. I've been listening since the beginning of the show on AM 1500, currently in Richmond, Virginia, enjoying the podcast in the garage. The log splitter issue has got me wondering about your knack. 
I'm even wondering about the knack of Harry Moron Number 2 that claims to be a redneck country boy. No. The other morons get a pass. They probably buy their firewood at, firewood at Quick Trip. Yep. <laughs> I, too, I got sucked into the log splitter, and after a couple of tries with it, here's what you have to do. First, go back to Fratelloni's and get a short-handle heavy mallet so that you can hold the log when you hit it. That's what I did. I got a sh It's a short-handle four-pounder. All right. So there, I'm on top of that one. <laughs> Second, you need to attach the splitter to a heavy chunk of wood to stabilize it. I use a big chunk of oak. Moron number two should be able to get you a nice big log. Works great. Good luck, Jerry Aubin. I don't know what he means by that. The, it's a big, heavy cast iron piece. You put it on yeah. the cement, and it just stabilizes itself. Okay. But it has holes in it to, that you could anchor it. You could anchor so, it to something. wait a minute. Are you bending over doing all this? Or are you sitting down? No, I stand up. But you're bent over if you're putting yeah. it on the ground. Yeah. Well, I think the very kind gentleman who wrote that lovely email, uh, I think he's right. You should mount it on a big log. Oh, I get it. Oh, I get do it. Do you? But, yeah. but do you? Yeah. Okay. But but no, the 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 only problem I'm having is that that on the commercial that suckered me into buying the thing, the wood has been dried on the planet of Mars. There's no <laughs> there's no moisture in the wood they're splitting. And I'm trying to split hunks of birch from a big limb that was just taken down 2 weeks ago. Okay. 3 weeks ago. A live limb, so therefore it that it's still fresh. My old man was such a sucker for those kind of things at the state fair. He would have to make multiple trips back to the vehicle oh, yeah. with the crap, the chamois and the waxes <laughs> and all the magic nonsense that people would be peddling. Oh, I love to buy the magic for, uh, formulas. Yeah, you know, ointments and unguents yeah, and salves. And, yeah. You know, you know what level Joe's almost at. He's almost at that level where you call him and you pretend to be the grandkid and you're in jail and you need to say he needs to send you five thousand dollars immediately so you can get out of trouble. He's almost not quite yet, but almost at that point. I think you tried that once and I came through. <laughs> Kid's still in jail, yes. Only because they come to us from a new location from the traveling Lymans. They are now in Honingsvog, North Cape. Norway. Wow. They're on the move. Worldwidewaftage.com. On this day. Joe, today is August 10th. On this day in 1853, the Chicago Land Vereen or Land Society, which eventually established the town of New Ulm, was formed by a group of German immigrants. At first, lawyers and preachers were banned from membership. Ah. Mm -hmm. On this day in 1857. The first edition of the Prison Mirror, the newspaper of the state penitentiary, was published. It inspired the creation of similar publications at other state institutions. And finally, on this day... Joe, today is August 10th. In 1909, mail carrier John Beargrass died. Oh. He was born in 1858, the son of an Ojibwe leader and a white woman. Bear Grease grew up in Beaver Bay and delivered mail along the north shore of Lake Superior from 1887 to 1904, his route being a route being two harbors to Grand Marais. On open water, the trip took him three days by rowboat, and in the winter, 
He used a dog sled, and now you have the John Bear Grease dog sled race that I bet is named for this guy. Uh, uh, I, I just that. bet you it is. I, I would bet. I would Good bet the bet. house on that. Yeah. I'm going to go out on a limb there. <laughs> it's named for John Bear Grease. What a neat name. That is a cool name. Thank you, GLers. GLers, for those of you that already went to the uh, YouTube Garage Logic site and subscribed, I bet you're having a thrilling time watching those videos. If you haven't done it already, go to YouTube and subscribe to Garage Logic and then be entertained. I do think we're close to being sold out, um, but if you want, you can check to see if there's any tickets left for Monday night at the Chanhassen Dinner Theater. Uh, meal starts at 5.30, show starts at 7 th- 7.30, and uh, 40 bucks gets you into the door. How many th- how many hits did the Twins uh, the Tigers have last night? 17. 17? Yeah. <laughs> Let's break it down. Sports Talk is next. Go to garagelogic.com. I'm here for the town council. Oh, God, it's not hey, next. Matt. It's not yes, next. Sir. A little paint. <laughs> yes. I'll give you 20 good minutes. How about a good job? you think of the Twins and Tigers game? Because I just saw it on the sports page. 17 hits. That was Roshi's tweet. We held them. <laughs> what was the email? Tell me again. It I, was I'm... for a new advertiser. Potential oh, okay. Advertiser. Never mind. Yeah, never mind. I thought it was something fun. Well, but le- it leads to something fun, yes. Uh, Chris, look up uh, the uh, weight, the last waltz. Um, we got to have the last waltz you version. You can't yet, though. Right? Yeah, I can do it in the council. Oh, yeah, you can't? Can okay, good. Yeah. Good. Uh, can I do the... Can I just have Joe give me the description quick, and then I can work on that while you No, Chris, listening? you can't do that. Well, I'll send you some stories, too, Chris. You're not in will you, And, John, will you include Mary's um, oh, article sure. in that? Because mm-hmm. I'll, I'll make sure I link that. Certainly. Joe, we I'm, were joined by... Mary Divine. Is it D E V I N E? Yes. Okay. D I V I N E. Oh, I asked. Okay. Who wrote a piece in the Pioneer Press about the loneliest man on earth? God, that's a sad story. It is subscriber only, Chris, though. That's fine. Okay. Maybe it'll get people to... That's what I was just going to say. Maybe people will sign up. Okay. Uh, read me back that sentence. We were joined by Mary Devine, D-I-V-I-N-E, who wrote a piece in the Pioneer Press about the loneliest man on earth. It's a great headline. And uh, we, uh, learn, uh, we learn that used car prices are up almost 50% over three years ago. Almost. From three years ago. Okay. Uh, 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 John Height. Um, that's not how you spell peace. 
Uh, D-I-V-I-N-E. Yeah. Okay. How did you spell peace, Chris? P-E-A-C-E. You did? No. P-I-E-C-E. Jesus. <laughs> May I have a... Hey, Chris, there's nothing funny about that. I've Some of these I've read, and I've just... You just shake your head. I know. I have to, how'd you spell loneliest? That's the best way to shut him up. <laughs> Go right to the music. Good way to shut him up. I've seen the last waltz a million times. Me too. So good. I pulled into Nazareth. I'm feeling about half past day. There we go. <laughs> Just need to find a place where I can lay my head. Are we head. off the council? No. Mister, can you tell me where a man might find a bed? He just grinned and shook his my head. No was all he said. When I saw old Carmen and the devil walking side by side, I said, Hey, Carmen, come on, let's go downtown. She said, I gotta go, but my friend just stick around. Oh, Listen to her, listen to her. Yep. Go down Moses, there's nothing that you can say. This is her dad, right? Just, yep. just old Luke, and Luke is waiting on the judgment day. Hey Luke, my friend, what about a young Anna Lee? He said, do me a favor, son, or won't you stay and keep an Anna Lee company? Danko. He said, I will fix your rack if you take old Jack, my dog. I said, wait a minute, Chester, you know, I'm a peaceful man. He said, that's okay, boy. Won't you feed him whenever you can? Come on. Some tasty stuff going on there. Very much. Get your cannonball, matter take me on down the line. Cause my bag is sinking low, and I do believe that it's 
Was that from the last waltz? Yes. How did you edit out? How was the uh, audience edited out? It's at the end with no audience. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. there on the sound stage. Yeah. Yep. yep. It makes no difference. I almost started editing Josh, realizing, oh, crap, I can't do that or I won't be able to hear the... Because it came out of the same channel. You got a what now? Hat I said, wait a minute, Chester. I'm the only one. You know, she's the only one. She's the only one. Just feed him whenever you can. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know that, but that's a great tune. That uh, That is a great tune. There was a... Uh, so I sorry, really quick before I forget to mention, every time I go to St. Louis, Kurt, my buddy, just and full volume the entire thing. He says we're not going to bed till this the whole thing's done. I said, all right, that's fine, whatever. Yeah, that was a well well known uh, album for <laughs> imbibing. Uh, there was a story. You know, oh, that'd be a good crabby topic, John. If you had to listen to one song oh. every single night before you went to bed until the day you died, what would that song be? Son of a bitch. Mine might be that. I love that song. Does not, well, Sam, do you have if to? I give, if I tell you now, can you, can you narrow it down to five? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Usually. And then I'll just. That's not. That's against the bit. And then I'll just. Yeah, you're right. That is against the bit. Okay, we'll pick one. But I mean, can it be any genre? Any. You know what I mean. Any song. Any song at all. Not to. You know what, Kenny? Put it on. You. What you should do with Johnny? Have him come down to five, and then put that up on your Twitter account as a poll question. It could be. I don't know. Would it be? Weights or Coltrane or how about uh, do, you, do you enjoy uh, Vivaldi, The Four Seasons? Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. I I love that. I oddly enough, I from classical music, I get more of a oomph or whatever as opposed to a relaxed thing. Uh, I yeah. want something relaxing. I I I think I already know what I would pick. So there you go. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> I better write that down. I wonder what Don would Don would be. I'd have, uh, I'd have to have a long explanation with mine, though. Just a song before you go. Isn't that a lyric? Just a That's Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Easy yeah. to get. Huh? Just a song before you go. The lesson to be learned. Right. Travel in twice the speed of sound. It's easy to get burned. 
you didn't comment on that piece of music i uh oh it wasn't a piece of music it was jerry lewis oh that's i've seen that before it's wonderful isn't it oh I, god i could not holly sent it to me this morning because um i don't know we were talking about music off the air i had never seen that before it was i laughed and i don't like oh, jerry yeah. lewis and i saw that and i loved him it was about 10 years ago remember joe the drummer joe cody uh White yeah. hair, white hair. Yeah. He yeah. sent it to me on a Friday when we were going to play. He goes, can we do this tonight? <laughs> and that's the first time I'd ever seen it. Oh, he's so funny. His, the, only the lower half of his body danced. It was so cool yeah. because from the waist up, he was rigid. Yeah. But then him and the other guy go into the old soft shoe bit and yeah. it's perfect. It's just, yeah. which, and, uh, and it yeah. looks like he could play the drums too. He, he was a drummer. He was a one of those, uh, you know. It was a, a, a hobby, practice drummer. Isn't he responsible for onset playback? Wasn't he the first one? There's so many innovations he came up with. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was onset video playback or something that's still used today. Huh? I did not know that. Yeah, he was a real innovator when it came to shooting movies. Here's the thing about those entertainers, that whole generation. There's nobody like that that can do everything. I mean, they were all brought up to be able to dance, sing, act, be funny, be serious. You know what I mean? Yep. Those guys don't exist anymore. Maybe the only guy I can think of musically is Bruno Mars, who can do all that stuff. I don't know anybody else that can. He can play drums. He can play guitar. He can dance like, you know, James Brown and Michael Jackson. He can, you know, Prince. I should throw Prince in there, too. Sorry. Sorry, Prince. But yeah, there's that doesn't exist anymore. There's no Clarkson. Like Clarkson comes close, doesn't she? I don't know how how if she can dance. Can she dance? Can she act? I don't know. Can she act? I don't know. I, okay, so yeah, yeah, maybe she doesn't come close. Has she ever but been an actress? I mean, has she been in? I don't know, but my God, she is talented. Jesus, yeah, she's she talented. talented. Yeah, but that whole generation was. Well, pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. So I was just editing Josh, and I forgot to mention this to you guys Gosh. earlier. Did you guys read the Barstool? Kenny, you probably... Did you read the Barstool thing? Uh, I read something about Barstool yesterday. Portnoy, right? He's just an unlikable F, right? He sold Barstool to Penn Gaming for, I think it was 500 mil. He bought it back for a dollar. No way, seriously? A dollar. How did he do uh, that? Because Penn Gaming wasn't making any money. The only thing, though, is that if he decides to take it public, which he might very well do <clears throat> after he has some fun for a while, I believe Penn Gaming gets 50% oh. going forward. What, what is the name of that if you do that in with publicly traded stocks? There's a name for that. Uh, Where you, you purposely... You own a stock, a lot of stock. You purposely drive the price down. No. Um, boy, I'm stupid. Drive it up and then sell it? Or buy it back at a low number, yeah. Short selling? Is that what it is? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not. I don't know. That's why I'm poor, because I don't. <laughs> same, don't same, same with me. I think I know what right. IP, I, I I know what IPO right. means. That's that's the uh, length. It's of short that. selling. John's right. God, I, 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 
that just, I don't know why that makes me angry, but it makes me angry. Because I cannot stand that guy. He's not very likable. You are No. Correct. And do you know, um, when you say bar stool, it reminded me of bar down buttes. Do you know Jesse Pierce? Do, do I? Yeah. Uh, I've seen her in the building once, I believe, because I don't know how often she goes on with Phil and Judd. And I've read her stories a couple of times. She's pretty good. She lo- and she's a really good hockey writer. Yeah, that's why I, she seems like a broad to me. Somebody I could hang out with without yeah. offending. Yeah, like I, I mean, I do all, know all that the women like, I hang out with. <laughs> the guy, those guys, those guys freaking love her. Like she's just a cool gal. Yeah. But I've yeah. only met her one time. Just like, hey, how nice to meet you. Because yeah. Ross, I think it was was it Ross or Declan? One of them walked walked her through the building, just kind of show her around. Yeah, and that was that, but that was a while ago. Can't remember exactly. Anywho's, anywho's. I can. I can. It was just like boom. <laughs> what was I going to ask you, John? I don't know. Oh, you know what? I got to get you a timesheet, don't I? Oh yes. Thank you for reminding me. I will do that as soon as I unhook here. You know, she's the only one. She's. Oh my God! It's Thursday already. I know. <sighs> we got Monday. Monday's going to be a weird way to start the week. Yeah. I mean, you know what I mean. And I have the boys. The boys are staying at the farm because Jess is out of town. Ah. And I'm running too in here. So, But it's kind of fun because, you know, we've got so much stuff to do down there. Yep. But they love it. They, they, they're just, they're in high heaven. Oh, bad. So they're, yeah. they're helping grandma, my mom. They're helping her, you know, fix that or do this. And I said, she goes, well, listen, no, this is absolutely perfect for boys that are 11 and 8. They need yeah. to get their hands dirty. They need to understand what work is. They need to, it's perfect for them. Mm-hmm. They sleep like a million bucks. They're, you know, my, she said, my mom texted both of us last night and she yeah. said, Hey, I hope it's okay. But the boys were so tired after dinner. They just wanted to go to bed at, you know, like seven forty-five. <laughs> they, they didn't shower or anything. And she, I was like, Oh, that's so gross. Honey, it's summer. They're at the farm. They're yeah. probably, it doesn't matter. Just let them, it's, I did that every freaking day or every weekend in the summer for 10 years. They're going to be just fine. Both laying there with their mouths open, drooling, sound yeah. asleep. <laughs> no air conditioning, just, you know, because. Uh. <laughs> uh, but when you're a kid, what do you care? You don't know any better. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, sir. You can't hear this when I yell. What? You don't hear an echo at all, right? Mm-mm. Nope. Good. No, so it's only on my end. That's good. Why was what? it all show? Yeah, it's been there like all week, but and I don't care because it's not enough to bug me. But I just want to make sure it's not on the show. No, I can't hear. I, honestly, your connection's been. Oh no, I just jinxed myself. But your connection's been really good this week. Good. Don't worry, it'll be screwed up Monday when they screw it up over the weekend. Remember whatever button they told you. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know that why. Was. But here's what I'm starting to get irritated by. And you know me, it takes a lot for me to get irritated. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I went off on the Target thing today. I just thought I, I actually kind of funny. Actually, you know, I do know what it was, and I don't want to get into it publicly. But yeah, I, I had a. I just thought, are we really that effing lazy? Like yes. my my God! No, seriously. When you see Jess on Monday, yeah, ask her ask her about that, and she will. She does. You know, she you know Jess. She's just sure. mild mannered. Doesn't really say. She yep. will go off about that. Because there was, well, I, I don't know. I don't even know if I can say this, but there was. She had a deal with a patient. She and Jess just finally said, 
the, you, you realize that a lot of your issues are self-inflicted, you know, and she's mm-hmm. trying to be, you know, she's got yeah, terrific sure. bedside manner, but she just thought this is your problem. Yeah. But whatever. I could not do her job. She worked from home for a yeah. stretch. And I thought, this is what you do yeah. every day. She said, every day, every day. I said, my God, I would go insane. <laughs> no wonder you're crazy. No, I didn't say that. That would, that would not be good. I didn't, I didn't say that. Actually, she handles it extremely well, which I I would not I would not be able to do. Yeah, John, it's August tenth already. I know. I had this discussion with my wife, and she got mad at me. The effing fair. Oh, here fair we go. Are we starting weeks? already on the on winter now? Pretty soon you're gonna be saying how cold it is. You're gonna be saying no. I see, hate winter. Blah, blah 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 blah. I actually the from the second we we leave the fair for the final time, and I, it's not that I hate the fair. It's just it's just such a production. Yep. But once the fair is over with, until about Thanksgiving is my favorite time of the year. I like it if the weather stays nice, yeah. But usually till about I, I Thanksgiving, it's fine. Usually. Usually. Some years it kind of non-gradually all of a sudden is winter. Oh, because we got that. baseball playoffs and football and oh my but, goodness. Uh, yeah, Dill was uh, very excited. Dill's excited about oh, football already. That's what it was. Thank you for saying Dylan. <laughs> yes. Uh, Carson, my my nephew. Yes. And I don't, I don't know if you're... Is Dylan on Facebook? Probably not, huh? Yeah, he's on Facebook. Will he you, doesn't use it a whole lot. But. Will you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. Carson posted, a, he had his first concert on Friday, and he was super nervous. Got it. But he posted some cool videos about, he did, he did, because uh, he, I know you're going to laugh, but he loves Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> yeah, well, why would I laugh about that? Well, no, you're because who was the old producer that used to say, can't you do Van Halen or Eddie Van Halen? Who was, who was it that said that about can't you play or can't you play like Eddie Van Halen? I I don't think I told you that story. Oh. Oh no no producer at the station. Yeah. Yeah uh, Ethan. No he Ethan always, Ethan he, the eel. he always said you'd love to play like Eddie Van Halen and I said I really wouldn't Ethan trust me it's not my thing it's not what I want to do and then I'd yeah. name five guys I'd like to play like and he'd look at me like I was nuts so <laughs> anyway, I'd, rather, uh, I'd rather play like Robbie Robertson than Eddie Van Halen. But so anyway. it would if you just took and I don't know if you're friends with him or whatever. Um, but if he's got the same last name as me, but anyway, if you just, I was just going to ask him what his last name is. Yeah. Same last name as me. Um, it would absolutely, because he was obsessed with that conversation with you and Dylan when I brought him up that one time. Got it. But that would, you'd make his fucking year. Okay. I'll look at him. Yeah. I have, I'm not friends with him, so I could friend him too, I suppose. Yeah. He was, he was super jacked about that. It was pretty cool. I was, I was super proud of him. Yeah. He's just at that, you know, he, he just graduated high school. He doesn't want to go to college. He doesn't really kind of know what he wants, but he wants to, he wants to give it a shot, right? He wants to, yeah. and I told him, I said, bud, if you're going to do it, do it now. You know, your dad, yeah. your mom and dad ain't throwing you out. Your dad would let you live there till you're 40, yeah. you know, just yeah. do it now. See what you, you know, be, be, and I said, I, I gave him the day. What's the Dave Grohl thing? Be shitty. Go play, you know, with yeah. your friends and be oh. shitty and get better, and then you know whatever. That's what you're supposed to do. That's the only way you get good playing yeah. with other people, no matter so. how good you are or bad. So. Cool. Anyway, that's what I was going to mention. So I'm glad you mentioned Dill. That's what I was going to mention to you. Yeah. I'll, uh, awesome. I will look. I will look. You're the best, John. Uh, you know what? I have to go get a haircut at three. So uh, why don't I'm you get them all cut? You. I'm going to get them all cut because they're long and 